0: So honor your humanness, I am human. Let go of all the high expectations and the perfectionism and just focus on what really matters.
1: Hi, I'm Julie Hyde and I'm passionate about inspiring leaders to step up and lead and be powerful role models for those around them. My guests are all doing just that and I ask them to share how they are making it count and how they have created their success. I can't wait to share their amazing stories with you. Today's episode is a beautiful chat with Sonia Bustulik. She's a multi-award nominated author, founding director of Talking Heads Speech Pathology, podcaster of Chat About Children with Sonia Bustulik, and a highly regarded speaker. Sonia is passionate about communication and human connection and the crucial role this plays in our well-being and the positive contribution it makes to others. She's an advocate for honouring mothers while celebrating children and living a life powered by love. Her third book is just released is Flourish for Mums, 21 Ways to Thrive with Self Care and Acceptance. We chat about her journey to where she is today, how she is driven to make a difference and has been from a very young age, and her new book, Flourish for Mums, and she does share some self-care tips here. Regardless of whether you're a mom, whether you're male or female, you will get so much out of this beautiful chat with Sonia, and I really hope you enjoy. Sonia, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I'm excited to be here.
1: Uh, I'm so excited to have a chat to you. It's been a couple of weeks in the making. So, uh, lots to talk about and lots to share with people. So, shall we get straight into it?
0: Absolutely.
1: Fabulous. So, I'd love to start at the beginning and understand what did you want to be as a little girl and sort of how did you get to where you are today?
0: Well, going back to the beginning, that's a, that's going back a long time, Julie. So <laughs> back to the beginning. Look, as a as a child, basically I I really loved helping people and wanting to make a difference. And I thought about, oh, I love the idea of teaching, I love the idea of something like medicine or being a doctor, but I knew that health and helping was something that I was really, really passionate about. And Where that stemmed from predominantly was, I I recall very clearly, and we had the news on a lot at home when I was a kid, the news was on a lot and it bothered me. Like I used to watch it and listen to what was going on. And as a child, I found it really confusing because I just thought, why would people do such nasty things? And why are these things going on in the world? Mm. So I had a lot of questions as a child about what was happening out there. It lit a fire up in me. It was like I've got to do something, and I, I want to make a difference and be part of the positive change. So, that is very clear to me to this day. That kind of energy and how that was fueled, and then I worked damn hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the truth of it. You know, I've worked really, really hard, and and I started work, and I say work, but really, I was brought up in a in a home where, you know, I had three other siblings. My dad worked seven days a week. My mum worked from home. English was a second language for them. We had to work as a team. Mm. So from day dot, it was all about all of us working as a team together because that's just what you do. And so you know, come the age of 14, I went out there and I, I got a casual job and I haven't not worked since per se. So hard work has always been an ethic, you know, uh, that hardworking ethic has come from my parents as well. And so from there, I, I worked in lots of different roles and contexts. I was always curious about the world. I did lots of traveling and I really just wanted to understand how the world worked, what's going on out here. And, and so, you know, obviously I've forgotten to say, went to uni, became a speech pathologist. Uh, That was an important part, Um, (laughs) but that kind of combined that helping the teaching, the working Mm. with people, making a difference, it all kind of came, came to in that role. And then in my work internationally and interstate, et cetera, I got a really good picture of what was going on Mm. in different health systems and what people's you know, problems were, I guess, and then that helped me to understand, well, what is it that I really care about? Because I, the stuff I really care about, that was what led me to then open my clinic in Sydney 15 years ago, because I was, I felt so ready to just go, okay, I know what I want to put together. I know the gaps that I want to fill and what I'm really passionate about. Mm. And, uh, And so that's You know, that's gone quickly, the 15 years. And then I had three kids in two and a half years during that time. So, um, and the learning has just continued and it always, it always does. That's, that feels like a really long-winded answer to your question, Julie, but hopefully it answers it.
1: No, definitely not long-winded. And I I love how curious you were as a little girl and your passion to make a difference has really fueled what you've done throughout your life and sort of how you got to that speech pathology. It's not something that's necessarily common, but it's absolutely in line with you wanting to help others thank you for sharing love hearing people's stories and now your third book flourish for mums is very much in line with helping others and wanting to make a difference And I'm really excited to talk about this and it's out now which is incredibly exciting the title alone is just beautiful it makes you sort of breathe a sigh of relief and want to pick it up. It's like, yes. So what was the catalyst for you to write this book?
0: Flourish for Mums, the inspiration came from two key areas. One, before having children myself, working with thousands of mums as a speech pathologist, I basically was privileged to Work with families where, you know, the children had additional needs. And so the mums would come in. And I say mums because more often than not it was and and has been mums, but they'd come in and just desperately wanting their child, you know, to be happy, to be healthy, to get the help that they need. And, you know, for a lot of these mums, they I was just humbled by just their grit, their strength, their determination, their commitment, their advocacy for their children. At the same time, though, I was kind of going how about you? How are you going? Because although there was all that strength and that determination, they were exhausted too. Many of them were just exhausted. I could see that they weren't including themselves in any way, shape or form on their list of of people to nurture and take care of. It was all about everyone else. So there was a strong outward focus and so I, I obviously saw this and, and and chipped away, I guess, at supporting them and, and having them understand that, hey, like you count too and you do matter. And if we can support you well, that's going to put you in a different position to support your child and children, you know, in, in a more elevated way. Mm. So I was observing this and, and, as I said, worked with thousands of mums in all different types of family contexts and dynamics and, uh, and so that feeling was really strong, like you mattered too. And I just desperately wanted them to understand that. And then when I became a mom, and as I said, I had two and a half kids, uh, two and a half kids, three kids <laughs> in two and a half years. Um, that's what happens when you have them so fast. Three, I uh, had three kids in two and a half years. So then I entered the motherhood journey. Mm-hmm. And I, at that point, I immediately thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is a totally new world and I understand now and more deeply connect with all those mums that I have worked with over the years. I, I I just, you know, it was beyond words. It was just, wow, how do I include myself in my own circle of nurture mm. when you've got all these expectations from society, from, my, you know, the cultural expectations, from my own personal expectations, it's it's quite overwhelming. And, you know, there's a real loss of identity, but at the same time, there's a real yearning to to refine and reconnect with yourself. So they were kind of the two key areas that that inspired all the content in Flourish for Mums, which is put together in a gift book format. And that's that's very symbolic in itself because I wanted to gift mums with the tools and with easy ways that they could reconnect with themselves um, and to experience. Life, I guess, or motherhood life, in a way that they're that they're valuing themselves for who they are, without all the hats and labels that are attached as soon as you enter motherhood. and uh, And that was the inspiration for flourish for mums. and and more than anything else, I wanted it to be something that tools and, and and ways, I guess, that were accessible to all mums, no matter what their context is, no matter what their dynamic is, everything in there does not require a money spend or a, anything like that. It just requires that commitment to say, I matter. How am I going to reconnect to myself here are 21 ways?
1: Yes. Oh, my God. There's so much in what you just said. That just resonates with me. I'm not a mum, but I've got so many mums around me and, of course, my own mum. But people that I work with, leaders that I work with, women within, you know, my circle of influence and my networking group. What you just said about wearing all the different hats and that loss of identity is is real, absolutely real. And the inability to prioritize self, sometimes through guilt, um, it's like, you know, I should be looking after others first rather than myself is, yeah, I, I, I see it all the time. I love what you've said about... So this book is like a gift book, so very easy to hand out to people for Mother's Day. Yes, and, um, But it, that it doesn't take, you know, loads of money. It's just making that decision to reconnect with yourself and make yourself a priority and go, you know what, I'm going to invest the time into me. Like you said, to be able to elevate the support and the care that I give to others by looking after myself first. So, So needed, so needed. So the 21 ways. Do you think you could give our listeners a little sneak peek into a couple of ways or maybe three ways?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll share a couple of ways that are, you know, two of, the, two of the 21 ways, but then I'd also like to share one of the, the tools or the little aspects that I have in one of the chapters as well. So, Amazing. thank you. So, one of the ways, and this is chapter one, is honor your humanness. And here I share a story um, of my four-year-old daughter who came to me one day and she said, mum, why do kids have mums? And I said, well, firstly, I'm thinking, like, doesn't she see all the stuff I do like every day? Like, <laughs> is it not obvious? Like, so I was kind of, going, oh, you know, well you know, we, we look after you, we keep you safe. We help you to eat healthy foods. And I was rattling off all these things. And then I trailed off and I said, well, why do you think kids have mums? And she looked at me quite simply and wide eyed. And she said to love them. Oh. And I paused because I was like, oh my gosh, here I am giving her a million reasons of all the things I do for her and she's just gone bang. Actually, it's just this mum, you know, and I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to just pause and listen up here because words of wisdom have just been spoken and I've always said kids are our greatest teachers and that really helped me to just go, you know what, get my head out of all the stuff and just focus on what really matters. I am human. Let go of all the high expectations and the perfectionism and just focus on what really matters. And that really, that story resonated and it still comes back to me. It's one that I share for that reason. So honor your humanness, focus on what matters. And obviously I, I offer little tools and ways to do that. The other one that I'll mention, and this isn't in a way, this is, a, this is something that I think a lot of mums will resonate with, and not just mums, I would have to say humans. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it does happen a lot with mums. And what I do bring up in, in one of the chapters is what I call our brains compare and contrast button. And so I talk about the compare and contrast button. I can see your face, Julie. Yeah. But I talk about get to know it, you know, get to know your brain's compare and contrast button. So when you have that little thought about someone, whether it's they look happier or they've got whatever they've got, they've gone on a holiday here. When you've got any kind of little quiet thought that happens that has made you feel crap about yourself, then pause and, and know that that was your compare and contrast button. So acknowledge it, go, oh, there it is. That's my compare and contrast button. I can actually intercept that. I've caught it. And then you pause and go, okay, hang on a sec. I've just thought that that person's happier than me, for example. Why is that? Oh, it's because they are doing, you know, whatever they're doing. And then you're taking away that you know, insidious pattern that goes on that makes you feel like crap for a reason you don't even understand. So it's bringing up that awareness. It's intercepting that circuit. And then when you've got that awareness and you've done that process, it's about wishing positive thoughts and celebration toward that person, that thing they've got, that lifestyle they lead, whatever it is, but closing it off with that celebration. So that's the compare and contrast button.
1: Love that. A complete self-awareness tool there right there totally circumvent a lot of very bad habits
0: yeah and look it is it is actually a game changer in Mm. how you experience joy in your day-to-day and in your life it is huge so it's one i've practiced many times and it's just brilliant absolutely love it and what it does is it doesn't tear anyone else down it doesn't tear yourself down it actually builds up others it builds yourself up too it's Mm -hmm. awesome The third one I'd love to share, and this is one of the ways um, toward the end of the book, and it's dance more often. Cool. Okay. Now, and dancing, when you think about it, it's a universal language. Like it's been there from, you know, our, our first days, if I can say that, but it's a very human thing to do to connect through dance. Um, and people with the word dance and in the book, I kind of go, okay, if you don't want to call it dance, just call it moving, right? If it's psychologically going to make you feel anxious, cause some people do feel really anxious about dancing. So I have divided that chapter up into, you know, the non dancers the dance, if you, there's a few people on the dance floor and I'm all good with it. So I have, I have catered for all the different attitudes to dancing, But really, dancing is an awesome reconnection tool. It really, really is. And it brings you in a zone of presence. And it brings you in a zone of, for me, I do it quite often. I do it in between, in between stuff, particularly working from home. Like, okay, I need a break, stand up, put something on. And I'm just in the moment. It just doesn't matter. It's just, I'm moving, I'm in the moment in a different zone. I can escape to wherever I want to escape. It is a brilliant tool.
1: Awesome. And an easy one too.
0: Totally. Totally. I Especially like simplicity, ease yeah. and, and practicality.
1: Yes. Oh, such awesome tips. And that story you shared about your daughter, that's just beautiful. And it actually reminded me of your quote, your quote that I just love more on the to-be list and less on the to-do list. And that's sort of really tied into that. So I quote you often on that, but Thank you. <laughs> but I love the, the tips that you shared and it's given it a really good insight into, yes, they're, they're just really simple things that you can do that are going to make such a difference for you. And that those self-awareness techniques as well, that compare and contrast button I see happening so much. And it can really put a dint in women's, in particular, confidence. So I do, have, I do have a question for you around the social media space. Obviously, incredibly prevalent now, and we're all there, and we've all got this insight into people's lives that is very often superficial. However, it can trigger those thoughts, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm you not know, doing enough, I'm not fit enough, I'm not happy enough, whatever that might be. So do you think it's inflamed that comparisonitis I call it? You know that we seem to be so good at.
0: Yeah, it it definitely can, and I say it can, mm. and that's simply because I think sometimes we forget that we're in control of it. Yes, we're we're often feeling like we're, you know, it's happening to us. You know, so we've got to remember that we're in control of social media at the end of the day. And I actually talk about it in the book too. Mm. Um, So one of the things that uh, you need to make sure of is that you're making it work for you as an individual. And, you know, like someone said to me the other day, something about, about this, oh, don't you find that, you know, there's all these nasty comments and they were going on about nasty comments. And I just couldn't relate. I was Mm. like, no, I don't have, I don't, follow anyone or anything where I am seeing nasty comments about anything so I have no idea what you're talking about like I know it's there but I haven't experienced it because I'm not I haven't connected to those things and if it's something like that then I just remove it that's not my that's not why I've got social media set up so really sitting back and going okay how do I how do I want this to work for me and what is the purpose of me being on social media and yeah. understanding that so it's just mm. taking a few moments to go why am I on social media is it to mm. connect with family is it to just you know keep on, on track with what everyone's doing socially or is it for work purposes where I want people to get to know me and my brand and all of that stuff so just get really clear on that is my advice and then with who you follow just be brutal with your detoxing it's very simple
1: Yes. As you say, you are in complete control. Like people aren't forcing you to follow them. And in terms of, you know, setting boundaries around the the time that you spend on social media, I think is another. It's huge. Really empowering thing to do. So, yes, but I love that. You are in control. You can choose who you follow.
0: Yeah. And I think, Julie, the other thing, the boundaries is super important. And the other Mm. thing to be aware of is how are you feeling when you do get off social media? Tune into that. When you, when you log off or you get off from Instagram or Facebook, whatever, how are you feeling? Mm. Because if you're feeling deflated or something's just not right, or then you need to pause and just look at what it is that you've just looked at, what it is that's bothering you. Mm. What is it? What's going on? It's just, it's that constant, just checking in with yourself. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Awesome.
1: So you have a very full life. As you said, you have three children you've got hubby you've got family you're running a business you're writing books how do you take care of you are you the role model for the the 21 ways to flourish
0: well they're definitely ways that are tried and tested um and have been explored etc so yeah look I think um you know, particularly in the recent months that it's been so full on, I have been reading my book more and more. And when Mom. I say reading it, it's just not, it's not a book that you have to read from cover to cover, which is why I put it together this way. Yeah. Yes. Because what I love doing is when I just feel like I need a dose of something, I I just open it up. The toolbox is what is important because that makes you feel empowered. That's yes. what I want mums to feel is that, that they've got some tools that if they do need to reach out for help, that they do it. They Mm. see, you know, and I see it all the time, that it is courageous and it is strong. It is not anything else but that. And that in itself is a sign of you actually deciding that you do matter. Mm. You know, ironically, people think I've failed, I'm asking for help, but it's like, actually, no. Mm. Your act in asking for help has shown me that you actually do care for yourself. So well done. Yeah, so I guess the ways and am I a role model? Well, I just give it my best every day and all the ways, yes, they're tried and tested. They're easily accessible. What I do each day is different, but what I, I guess for me, it's about creating the space to reconnect with myself each day. That's my commitment. You know, I love my morning routine and and look, it changes. It changes in different stages of life. Where am I at now? I love waking up super early. And having a shower and doing a nice body moisturizing and lighting a candle. And it's just an awesome time for me. I'm not answering to anyone. It's just whatever I want to do. And I make sure that that time in the morning before everyone gets up, it's a time where I can choose what I want to do. It's not a time that I pack in with work. Like there can always be work stuff that I can pack in there. But I like that to be the time where it's just whatever I want to do. So that's often when I'll do my writing or creating something but it's my creative time. You know, I love getting up in the morning for that. So I look forward to it, but you know, by the same token, if there are days that uh, on occasion I'll get up later than what I would like. And so I have less time with me. I'm just aware of that. I'll be like, Oh, that's a bit annoying. Like, you know, it would have been good to wake up earlier, but then I, I always just say to myself, well, obviously I just needed that extra sleep. Yeah my body's just telling me I needed extra sleep. So I'll just do something else later today, whatever that is, to just make sure that I've reconnected with me.
1: Yeah, nice. And I think it's important, like you said, it's definitely not about being perfect around this. It's about doing... What you can when you can. Sometimes our best planned routines or habits, you know, they can be interrupted, but it's not just letting it go by the wayside because something's happened. It's just, you know, reconnecting back to yourself and just doing what works for you.
0: Absolutely. And what you mentioned before, Julie, and I know I talk about the to do and the to be list, that's very much, you know, my to do list is always so long. But then in the mornings, I think about, the to do list a little bit because usually I've written it the night before, so that's out of the way. I don't want to think about it in the morning. That's done the night before, so it creates mental space for me. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, I can just focus on a couple of things that I want to focus on as my to be list for the day, and that's kind of what I draw back to during the day. Whatever is occurring in the day, I just come back to today. I want to be, or today I, you know, I'd like to be whatever that is. Yeah. You know, seeing the joy experiencing gratitude. It'll just be something like that, that I come back to as to what I want to be. So that makes a huge difference to starting each day.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So this podcast is called Making It Count. That's what I'm very passionate about, is just empowering people to whatever they do, just to make it count in terms of what matters for them. So how do you feel that you're doing that in your world?
0: I would say... In everything that I do generally, um, you know, with my books, with my work, but also just in my in with my interactions with people. And I think what speaks volumes is just what we do in our day-to-day. That that speaks more loudly than anything else we can be marketing out there. You know, are we saying thank you when we go to the supermarket? Are we are we being courteous? All those basic things. Are we looking at people in the eyes and smiling? That to me is is one of the most important things, is acknowledging one another and connecting humanly. And I guess through all that I do, I'm very much about empowering positive change, but also I feel it's very important to be gifting people the power of belief in themselves. And that, I hope, is what comes through in, in all the work that I do and in the books, et cetera. But that in itself is is really what, what makes the biggest difference to, to what who we are and then from who we are, what we do.
1: Yeah, beautiful. I love that.
0: Now, I could keep talking to
1: you like all morning, but I know that you've got lots of things to do. Where can people get a copy of your book?
0: Okay. So, it's easy to find at all independent bookstores. It's also out at Big W and Target. So, that's in, in Australia. Um, Booktopia as well. And if anyone is in an Australia and wants a signed copy, they can go to flourishformums.com. You can also check out soniabestelich.com.au. Um, but yeah, they're pretty much all the, all the outlets. Amazing.
1: And I'll send the links out with thank you. Um, our show notes. So Sonia, this has been a wonderful chat, incredibly empowering. You've shared so many amazing insights, not only for mums, but for everyone who's listening because all of your tips can be translated and I love how you're making a difference. And I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed. So thank you for being a guest.
0: Thank you so much, Julie. You are amazing. Keep doing what you're doing and keep being who you are. Thank you, Sonia.
1: Thanks for listening, and I hope that you have gained some great ideas and feel inspired to get out there and make what you do count for your leadership, your business, and your life. Please do leave a review for this podcast, and please share it with your network. Send any feedback or suggestions for future guests by emailing me, julie at juliehide.com.au. For now, let's get out there and make it count.